0: In the third chapter of Echa of Lamentations, it says, it's good for a man, al bin Urov, that he carries a well, the English translations often say burden, but it means a yoke. Like they used to guide oxen in the old days. It's you know when they, you know, how you navigate and they had something on them that guided them. And the medrash, there have been a commentary on that, says it, this is the oil isha. So people translate that as the burden of a woman, the burden of marriage. But actually, it means the yoke of marriage. And what does that mean? It means the guidance of marriage. It's good for a person to be married early. And the Ariza, the great Kabbalistic master, his student Vital says of him that he would say, teaches us that when a person comes to the world to come and they stand for Hashem, and they've got all this chesed, all this tremendous kindness they've done in the world. And Hashem says, okay, but what was it like in your home? What was it like in your home? Where was the kindness in the home? where was, you know, were people in the home crying? Were people in the home struggling? Were people in the home ignored? You might be a great philanthropist who gave millions away and did all these wonderful charitable things, but in the home is a lot of pain. Then obviously there can be reasons for it, but generally speaking, if it was because of negligence, if it was because of callousness, if it was because we didn't take that yoke of the marriage, and we'll explain what this means, the yoke of the marriage. If it was because we didn't take responsibility for those in the home, then, Frighteningly enough, says of Chaim Vital, it's like all that kindness gets chucked out. And what does that mean? That means the yoke is the guidance. Hashem wants us to grow as people. And the best place to grow is in our closest, most intimate, tightest relationship. Husband and wife, parents and children. Those around us, that's where the real growth happens. And the easy thing to do is to throw that guidance off. And people often feel, you know, I get married because I'm feeling this amazing in love. And it's a chemical process of infatuation. And we feel so good about each other. And then a few years later, that wears off. And one of the well-known secrets, but it's worth repeating itself a thousand times, that Rev. Dasler taught us is that love is the result of giving. Infatuation is a free gift of the neurons in the brain. And marriage is the result of, of, of giving, of investment. If you want to have a good marriage, so the first few months or years can be the free chemical process. But after that, it will be, did I wake up this morning and ask myself, what can I do today to make her the happiest person in the world? Right? What can I do today? Two or three nice things that will make her feel better. They'll make her happy. If I didn't do that today or yesterday or the day before, two, three days maximum, things are going to start creaking. And it can be a relationship that was loving and beautiful just a few weeks earlier is now not in a great place. But always, or usually the answer starts back with a simple act of giving, right? And giving is, is more complicated than just, um, it's more than just, oh, I gave a gift, I bought nice flowers, which it can be. It's like, what, in, what can I think of that would be such a nice thing to do? It can be a little thing like leaving a beautiful note. It can be, she wants the bin taken out. It could be, he likes this done, she likes that done, Right? What can I do today? And that constant, that's the guidance, that's the oil. The oil is that I also have to learn to understand that what somebody else finds a priority in, I may not find a priority. So a very typical example of a a struggle in a home, a typical example of a disconnect, right? It can work the other way, but a very typical example is men often relate to gifts by how much they cost and what's the kind of big picture. So if I bought you a nice expensive present, it's like once every few months, that's nice. Often it's the case, it can be the other way around, that a woman looks much more into the details of things, right? Whether that's nature, whether that's nurture, that's irrelevant, is just the way things often are. It can sometimes be the other way around, right? But, so for example, one of the partner, one person's calculating how much it costs, the other one's, did you say you love me today? Here's a classical example of an argument, right? Let's call it the male and female. It can be either way around. Person A, person B. Person A says to person B, you never say you love me. Person B says, what are you talking about? I said it yesterday on the phone. And two days ago in the bus stop, right? And ding, ding, and this. See, person B is looking at what paradigmatically is quite a male way. What's the big picture? Person B, a didn't mean that. When they said, you never say you love me. What they mean is right here, right now, it feels like you've never said you love me. And the answer is not I said it yesterday and the day before. The answer is I love you. I really do and I'm sorry if I didn't communicate that. Meaning it's learning to walk into the world of the other. That's what the yoke is. The yoke is guiding me. I was good at this big picture, but I never understood what it meant to feel that little detail right now. What is the world in your perspective? And male and female are typically very different perspectives. And learning to think through the eyes of the other and learning to think, what is it that will make them happy today? Not what would I like today and give it to them. What would make them happy today? That's the yoke. That's the guidance that turns us into something that can do great things. That's what Shalom Bias, the piece of the home, is ultimately bedrock. It's bedrock is this.